welcome to the second episode of Decap Cast. I am your host, Dan Caperso, and uh, I'm doing my podcast today from uh, my family's minivan. And I'm actually on the way to a hospital to see my wife, Liz, and our new baby daughter, Emmeline. Emmeline was born yesterday, which was uh, Saturday, February 7th, 2009. So uh, she's doing great. And uh, Liz is doing great as well. What I wanted to talk about today is um, a little bit about sports. And uh, you're going to come to to know, if you don't already, about me, that I'm a really big New York Yankees fan. I've been a uh, lifelong fan, and that really comes from my grandfather. Um, He was a huge Yankees fan, went to a lot of games, and he got to see baseball, in my opinion, during the best eras. He was able to film some games on 8mm Kodak film, color film. Actually shot a reel of film uh, from August 4th, 1956 when he saw the Yankees play the Detroit Tigers at Old Briggs Stadium in, in Detroit. And got some great footage of the game um, and prior to the game was able to get really close to the field and film a lot of the players from the Tigers and uh, the Yankees and uh, some of the best footage is my uh, grandfather and my uncle Eric taking film of uh, Mickey Mantle from just maybe about five, six feet away. Um, amazing film. Was able to film uh, the Yankees, including Mantle and Yogi Berra, warming up. Um, it was a great time for the Tigers, too. They had Al Kaline, and, uh, really uh, pretty young at the time. I want to say he was 21 years old. He was really. Um, coming into his own in that season in 1956. 1956 was also the year the Yankees uh, won the World Series against the Brooklyn Dodgers. Uh, really famous World Series because Don Larson threw a no-hitter, I believe, in uh, Game 5 or 6. Um, also, Mickey Mantle won the Triple Crown that year, so a really significant year for baseball. Um, you know, Again, I, I think some of the best years of baseball, 1940s, 1950s. And uh, I was able to honor my grandfather, who, who passed away in, uh, by uh, donating the original 8mm film to the Baseball Hall of Fame in Cooperstown, New York. And I did that back in July 2008. And uh, just donated it in his name, in his honor. And uh, it was really kind of moving moment to go there and uh, be able to have something that he was a part of, you know, live on now. and. Uh, history and I, I feel really great that it's going to be very well kept after and preserved there at the Hall of Fame. Uh, the, the film surprisingly you know all these years later more than 50 years later is held up really well uh, just being kept in a shoebox and you know in, in, in a closet. Uh, it was a really wonderful discovery that we found a few years ago going back through old eight millimeter reels and you know it's always wonderful to see family that's no longer with you and see young faces again and, and get to, you know, kind of relive family history, but then all of a sudden to find, you know, this really significant reels of baseball history was wonderful. And, uh, you know, so glad again that I can preserve that so future generations can enjoy and, um, a way that you can get to see this film that was donated to the Hall of Fame is to simply go to YouTube and type in 1956 Yankees and the title the exact title of the uh, video clip is 
August 4th, 1956, New York Yankees versus Detroit Tigers. So you can go to YouTube and view it. I hope you'll enjoy it. Um, over 20,000 people have seen it right now, and I've gotten some amazing comments and uh, really some, some wonderful um, feedback from people that have viewed it, and, and they share my feelings on uh, that era of baseball. So, But I, what I wanted to talk about a little bit more now is kind of the current state of the Yankees, um, you know, coming off their first season with Joe Girardi as their manager, and uh, want to kind of uh, explore where they're going in 2009. I'm, I'm pretty optimistic about this season, um, starting in the new ballpark. Of course, being a Yankees fan, every season we hope we win the World Series, but um, this would be certainly a special one, especially since last season was pretty disappointing, not making the playoffs after that run of 12 years in a row under Joe Torre. So, um, I'm optimistic because, you know, we've gotten some good pitching in place now with um, uh, big acquisitions of uh, A.J. Burnett and C.C. Sabathia. I'm a big C.C. Sabathia fan. Um, my son, my oldest, um, Colin, is a pretty big Cleveland Indians fan. Five years old um, and just decided about a year ago that he... Uh, didn't want to be a Yankees fan like mommy and daddy. He chose Cleveland Indians. So we're in a unique situation where we live about three and a half, four hours from Cleveland. So we did uh, go up to Cleveland a few times to see the Indians play. One time was against the Yankees, and we actually got to see uh, Sabathia go against Chin Ming Wong in a, a real pitcher's duel. It was back in April 2008. The score ended up being one to nothing uh, you know, when going to the Yankees. But, uh, you know, both Wong and Sabathia pitched great games and really impressed with what I saw to Sabathia. He's just a workhorse and, you know, somebody that I think is going to bring somewhere between 18, uh, maybe 20 or more wins to the Yankees. And that's really what they need. They need that ace. They need that, uh, that number one starter that they can always count on. Um, with Burnett, you know, I'm optimistic. If he can stay healthy, the Yankees could get about 15-plus wins out of him. Um, Wong, in my opinion, had a pretty disappointing year last year. I think a lot of Yankees fans will kind of echo that. Um, obviously, he was injured and uh, just really never got consistency um, in the Yankees' rotation last year. So, you know, he's, he's a talented guy, in my opinion. I, I love his stuff. You know, I love uh, the way he goes out there and pitches, and, uh, and I'm hoping this is a bounce-back season for him. So, you know, I'm looking for him. Uh, if not to be number two, number three in that rotation, and I'd uh, love to see him 15 or more wins. You know, we all know he's totally capable of 20 or more. It's just, can he stay healthy? And that's the same question with Burnett, too. So um, so with those three guys, if you, you know, can go out there and get, you know, a win, you know, every start, every other start, you know, we're, we're off to a, a much better place than you know, we were last year. Um, what I don't want to see this year is, the Yankees have to go back to, to younger pitching, unproven pitching, um, and really rely on prospects. And that's all they are is prospects, and uh, and you know not to get consistency out of them and get really beaten up. And uh, that's what happened last year with some of these young guys. They brought them in too soon, a little too early. They got really beaten up. It was demoralizing for them as a young pitcher. It was demoralizing for the team. Um, and you know you had guys that uh, these are the veterans trying to. 
pick the team up, but uh, it, it's tough when you get caught in you know slumps, losing streaks, and then you're you're trailing the Devil Rays, or, excuse me, the Rays, and uh, the Red Sox all season. So you know, kind of ran into those situations last year. Um, you know, the Yankees have gotten uh, increased bats. You know, in my opinion, you, you got a huge upgrade at first base with uh, Mark Teixeira. Um, you know, I've been a I've been a Teixeira fan for a while too. Uh, you know, watching him play, I remember seeing him a couple years ago, and uh, telling my wife, you know, I can't wait for the day when Mark Teixeira is a Yankee. And uh, she kind of laughed at the time, but uh, I really had a had a feeling, you know, about three seasons ago, that uh, this could be a, a future Yankee. I just like the way he carries himself. Um, I love that bat. I love his swing. And uh, you know, I'm really, really excited that he's in pinstripes now. So, you know, that, that's a huge upgrade at first base, like I said. You know, guys like Jason Giambi that were past their prime and just a guy that I really hated to see starting at first base. You know, he, uh, a lot of people say, oh, he got better. His fielding got better as he went on, you know, at the Yankees. But uh, I always cringed when I saw him in the starting lineup at first base. Um, you know, I always felt he was much better suited for the uh, designated hitter role and, um, you know, was uh, always a lot more comfortable when I saw him there. But, you know, beyond that, the Yankees uh, for the past, you know, five plus years haven't really had a guy at first base that you could uh, say had, you know, a, a tremendous bat, a lot of power. And that's uh, when you look around the league, AL and NL, uh, a lot of the teams that uh, have have a good first baseman when they can say they have a great first baseman that that guy's also batting third fourth or fifth in the lineup and uh you know it's a 40 plus home run threat and also a pretty damn good fielder too so you know that's where we're looking for out of Teixeira um you know I'm doing this podcast a few days after this uh news came out with Alex Rodriguez um allegedly using steroids or testing positive for steroids, I should say, in 2003, so uh, that's still fresh on my mind, and I don't want to cover a lot of it right now, but, you know, I guess I'm not surprised. Um, We're just scratching the surface, and I think over the past couple years, we're just finally opening the book on how... um, how deep this steroid concern is and, and how widespread it is. And, uh, you know, we're, you know, just finally, you know, getting to see it. And I, I think it's, unfortunately, uh, was, I hope it isn't anymore, but it certainly was a, a lot more mainstream than a lot of baseball fans would like to admit. And, you know, Rod, Alex Rodriguez, A-Rod, is uh, just another example of, uh, of somebody else, another mega star that, benefiting from uh, enhancing drugs, performance enhancing drugs. So very disappointed. Um, you know, I, I've, I've liked Alex Rodriguez for many years and never wanted to uh, consider him capable of, of um, being a user, you know, juicing. Um, but here it is. You know, we can't... Uh, can't ignore this and you know I'm sure there's a lot more that's going to come out but uh, you know we, we will see um, you know time will tell um, time is 
really what writes anybody's legacy. You know, their their actions and throughout and then throughout the course of time, um, that really indicates you know how uh, somebody will be seen. You know, in history. You know, so um, I really don't want to talk about that much anymore because, I, like I said, I'm pretty disappointed about it. But um, again, pretty optimistic for this year. It will be interesting to see how um, guys like Derek Jeter come out this season. Um, you know, I, I love Derek Jeter. He uh, embodies, to me, everything that's good about the Yankees. Anything that's <laughs> about the Yankees that's that's left. It reminds me of the the glory days, the old days of the Yankees. That um, that pride that the Yankees have always carried. And uh, you know, I'm I'm looking for the future. I'm looking to see who that next guy is. Um, certainly, Derek's got some more seasons left in him, but. Um, in my mind, eventually, the um, that mantle, that, that leadership role is going to need to, that torch is going to have to be passed. And I'm looking for another Yankee to step up. Who's it going to be? Is it going to be a guy like Teixeira? You know, can he come in here and uh, and after maybe a season or two, uh, assume responsibilities of a leader? Um, you know, I, I wonder if, you know, there's somebody from within. I, I think that Yankee fans always look for somebody that was homegrown, somebody within the organization to be their next leader. So um, I think it can be possible that somebody from the outside comes in and has a really positive effect and takes on a great re leadership role. So um, I guess right now Teixeira is the one that sticks out in my mind. Can guys like Robbie Cano put it together and show that he's uh, not just a goofball but a leader too? Um, you know, Robbie Cano has been there a couple seasons, but I'm looking for him to mature a little bit you know, grow up a little bit and uh, and really exude a lot of confidence and, uh, you know, show a little more leadership skills. But I haven't seen it from him yet. I know he's kind of a young guy, but uh, I think this is his season to, if he wants this and if he wants to continue to be a Yankee, I think this is the time that he needs to step it up. Um, so, you know, I'm going to wrap it up because I actually just got to the hospital and uh, I'm going to go see my new little baby girl, Emmeline, and my wife, Liz. And uh, have a really nice day. So I'm hoping to podcast a lot more. And if I have to do them on the road, if this is the only way I can really uh, do it and do it, uh, you know, kind of quietly uh, instead of having a lot of background noise, um, this is the way I'll do it. So I um, hope everybody has a uh, great week or two and uh, look forward to talking to you again in the next episode of Decap Cast. Good.